Welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, this is part two of our coverage live from the Sundance Film Festival. On today's episode, I have Jesse Knight, Christopher James, and Quincy Staker joining me as we sat down and recapped a bunch of the films that we had a chance to watch during Sundance. A lot of great films this year. So I know I kind of joke a lot of the times about, you know, a lot of the times with the films we have to watch, there's a lot that are not very good, but uh, that wasn't so much the case this year. You know, we had, you know, still some that we did not like, but, you know, overwhelmingly, you know, the, the majority of films that we had screeners for and that we were able to check out, we actually really, really enjoyed. Uh, so we went through a bunch of the films. Uh, overall, between the four of us, we watched uh, at least over 30, I want to say 40 films uh, this year, which is which is quite the task to uh, to take in and it uh, it's very time consuming and I lose a lot of sleep during uh, during the week of Sundance. Uh, but we had such a fantastic time. Of course, you know Quincy Staker and Christopher James from the In Movie Nerds We Trust podcast. Uh, you know, Quincy's been a guest on the show uh, talking about her acting career and of course Christopher is kind of a regular panelist on the show. Um, and yeah, it was it was fun to, you know, invite their uh, their podcast to be a part of this um, to be able to talk with us about the Sundance Film Festival and about a bunch of these films. And yeah, you know, what my personal personal favorite this year was The Big Sick uh, from Kamel Nanjiani and Emily Gordon, uh, directed by Michael Showalter, produced by Judd Apatow. I absolutely loved the film. I really can't wait for people to see that. Uh, it was acquired by Amazon. Uh, so, uh, Amazon Studios, they also helped put out, I believe, Manchester by the Sea this year. So you should see The Big Sick uh, in theaters later this year. You know, I, I'm personally, I'm really excited for everybody to see it. It was an awesome, awesome film. Uh, but yeah, we, we get into that a lot more in this episode. All the di different films that we saw, from short films uh, to, to some of the theatricals to the documentaries. Yeah, it, it, it's, it was really a good festival this year, and I can't thank Park City enough for just, get, you know, making, making it an amazing time despite the snow. The snow was just so fucking terrible. But we, we, we made it through. So, you know, you heard us talk in the last episode about Jesse, you know, pushing my car out of the snow. And yeah, there, there, there's those troubled times and I stepped in puddles and I was not happy about it. But, you know, that, that's just part of the experience at Sundance. You know, it's in Park City, Utah. It's up a canyon in the middle of January. So, you know, it's, it's going to be crappy weather a lot of the times. And it's just what you have to deal with. It's, it's part of the experience. But yeah, we had an amazing time. A lot of great films. And yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Uh, we started off talking, it gets a little serious at the start here because we started off talking about a documentary that HBO has acquired uh, called Cries from Syria. Of course, they, we recorded this over the weekend. Uh, Sundance wrapped up, of course, right as um, you know, some of these protests and the executive order uh, from Trump came in um, you know, with, with the ban of Muslims coming into the, uh, to the United States, despite the fact that they claim that's not what it is. Bullshit. You know, we're not fucking stupid. We know what it is. Um, and, you know, all of us got pretty passionate about it because this is something that, you know, as, as an American, we should be appalled by such a thing. And, and you know, we, we talked about Christ from Syria and some of the things that we learned is Jesse and I got to meet the filmmakers uh, from, from this film uh, up at Sundance uh, during the shows I did with Radio from Hell. And it was very impactful on us. And it was something that, ironically, we're talking about, you know, as all this is going down, it was very relevant to everything that's happened this weekend. So... Be prepared. The, the, first, the first 10 to 15 minutes are, are a little serious as we, as we kind of talk about this film and, you know, the, the cultural impact that we're seeing here in the U.S. right now. Um, but I, I really can't wait for people to be able to see that on HBO later this year. It's, it's an insanely impactful um, documentary. And I really hope that you, that you take the time to watch it and really learn from it to understand what the people in Syria and Aleppo are, are facing and, and, you know, why we need to, you know, kind of be their allies and, and to be, be opening to, to the refugees from these countries. They're not coming here to harm us. They're coming to, they're coming to get away from such horrible turmoil. And I, I hope you guys really do take, take the time to watch Christ from Syria when that releases. 
Uh, but thank you again to the Sundance Film Festival, Park City, Quincy, Christopher, Jesse for you know making this episode possible and being able to have just so much fun. Uh, we've got a lot of great episodes coming up over the next couple weeks, and of course, uh, we've got our Oscar episode and our Oscar coverage coming up uh, in just, just a matter of weeks here. So in less than a month, we'll be in Los Angeles recording a ton of episodes. Uh, we really can't wait for that. Not to mention uh, in May, uh, we, I think we can officially say it now, we'll be in New York City recording some episodes as well. Uh, I want to say May 7th through the 9th. Uh, we'll confirm those dates uh, later on here, but yeah, that should be the dates. I'm pretty sure that's the dates that we'll be out there uh, in New York City recording. So again, thank you to Sundance. Uh, hope everybody really enjoys this episode. Uh, make sure you make sure you look for these films. They're going to be out and about uh, this coming year, and there's a lot of great ones. So thank you. Enjoy the episode. I always have my glasses. I fall asleep with these things on. All night? All night long, Jesse. Mm. Whoa. Ooh. 2020. All night. <laughs> when he forgets his mean? glasses, his dreams are really blurry. Yeah. <laughs> and he, ju- he just can't see anything at that yep. at that point. I never see, get out of that? Never see Freddy Krueger coming. I have to squint and then he <laughs> slashes my face. I need mm. glasses. I'm getting old. I've realized that the other America's the other Best, day. I got a really good deal on mine. Like the two pair of things for like mm-hmm. 70 bucks? Not, not a sponsor of the show, but go ahead. Oh, are we <laughs> recording now? We're always fucking recording. <laughs> <laughs> I never know, Tim. Earlier I thought you Didn't were Didn't you see the lights? No, I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, I got caught in Jesse's uh, glare. caught in his own glasses. Yeah. about them all night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't we start off like the first Sundance episode with Christopher going, are we recording? Yeah, I, I'm. Pr- I'm pretty sure we started I'm off. Pretty the first sure you one. did, because oh. I was listening to some of it. I was like, God, oh. well, good, good. It's cyclical. It works together. It's uh, congruent. Is that the right word? I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's consistent. Thank you. Thank you. It's consistent in the fact that you're never paying attention. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably paying too much attention that I forget where I'm at because I backtrack and then I that, pay more. That's attention. true. That is true. So I'm glad that we could we could get together to wrap up everything. With Sundance because the last like week and a half has been an absolute clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's I'm just glad to have it done. The snow is gone. Now that the snow <laughs> is gone, I am very happy. I'm too. It's even sunny. Yeah, Je- Jesse Jesse had his own problems with the uh, with the snow because he had to push a car out <laughs> in the snow. Oh yeah, I saw that you had to dig push your car, a car out. out. Oh. I had to push your car. Yeah. Out. Was that, was yeah. <laughs> that was that was, <laughs> was my car, car that Jesse was. Yeah. Jesse was pushing. There was some sort of car contraption that Jesse had to push. We did not know whose it was, but it was there. Yeah, and the, yeah, and, l- and then luckily Mario D'Angelo showed up yeah. and, and uh, helped with love that. Love Mario. So yeah, he 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 kind of. It was so ironic that like, as we're, like the wheels are spinning and we're just like, fuck, what are we gonna do? And we look out and Mario's just there. I was like, at least it's somebody I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been really weird. And then there was like these these ladies that were, oh boy. like older ladies that were behind mario because he was kind of stuck mm-hmm. and they were freaking out that they needed to be able to pass and we're like we'd love to let you pass it's not like we're doing it on <laughs> purpose ladies no yeah it was uh it was interesting but that's it's it's made for an interesting week so so many fucking movies so as much as i love watching the movies i'm just so glad when it's when it's done and over with yeah, yeah. it's kind of strenuous yeah, it's like it's like I mean when you guys do your podcast, it's like you have three three movies that you have to watch per episode. 
I mean, overall, there were over 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, o- overall, the screeners and everything that I had is just the one-watch screeners. I mean, it was it was about 30 films. Shit, man. And I think that we cracked through at least half of them. Mm-hmm. Like, aside from all of the other, like, things that we had going on, Jesse and I spent a lot of time with different casts of some of the films, um, which which was really cool. Uh, the Killing Ground that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So their entire cast was really cool. The dude that's uh, kind of one of the main, main terrifying guys in it, I guess we could villain. say. Mm-hmm. Uh, v- Antagonist. Villain. And antagonist and villain almost just seem weird for him. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Like he is the antagonist, but I, it almost seems too wussy of a word for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But he, he sat down during the interviews we had with Radio from Hell and actually scared Bill Allred. Really? Like Bill was prepping prepping things and looked up and just kind of, huh, and just like, yeah, it, it startled him because he had watched the movie and just seen how evil this guy was and was just like... Oh my God! This is—he's <laughs> right here next to me now, and yeah. So it was, it was funny, you know, being able to start placing uh, placing faces and names to the movies as they were coming in, and and being able to see everybody. And there were a handful um, that, like I said, I only I got to watch because they were one watch screeners. So some of them I was able to email out to all of you guys, so you guys could watch them. But yeah, there were some that they would send that were specified to a particular email, so only I could watch them. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we'll kind of touch on those first since it's boring conversation really because it's just like let me tell you guys what i gotta watch you guys didn't (laughs) but the first one i feel is appropriate for this first one just because of kind of the clusterfuck that happened uh last night uh with a fuck face von clown stick our president (laughs) that uh is that dutch it's his john stewart given name that i feel is the most appropriate name for john stewart himself yes so, but uh, who? Just oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I've but never but. seen Tim want to choke somebody more. <laughs> I've, said, <laughs> I've said some really stupid shit. To him. <laughs> but um, one of the films that we had, we actually had had the filmmakers come in on um, on Monday, and I purposely left space after them because I knew it would be longer than just the regular segment that Radio from Hell was going to do. And uh, the film is actually acquired by HBO, so everybody will be able to to watch it. Um, but but it's it's called Cries from Syria. Mm-hmm. So and the filmmakers both Syrian, um, covering a lot of the things that are happening in Aleppo and and throughout Syria with just the horrible warfare that has continued to go on there, and and just hearing them speak and just seeing kind of the pain in their eyes and and, and understanding more of their story and then all of a sudden we see the way that our president now doesn't feel that people from their country can even enter our country because somehow they're all terrorists and Mm -hmm. clearly there's some of them that are good filmmakers like the fact that you know this the situation that we've kind of woken up to today like and gone to sleep with last night like it it ripped me apart and i thought of these filmmakers first thing because it's it's a fantastic documentary and you know, I'm excited for people to be able to see it. And hopefully, hopefully once people see that, it'll help ease some of the prejudice, you know, that's out there. Because that's that's all this is. I mean, this is just straight up racism mm-hmm. and prejudice. Yeah. And for no reason. For no reason whatsoever. So, like, as, as we were kind of talking before we, before we started recording, you know, some of these, the, the countries that Trump has said, you know, these people can't fly out of, aren't even countries that have had <laughs> these terrorists attacking the United States. Mm-hmm. 
and and so it's just it's just pure insanity and i just i feel for these people so deeply because there's just no reason this should be happening to them and even as i tweeted out last night you know the picture of the little boy from aleppo yeah you know where, where trump has said that you know christians have been through such horrible things so those christian refugees will be let in and it's just like right you tell that to this little fucking kid here that that that's almost the case. died yeah probably i don't know looks like he got hit in the eye or something yeah. probably lose his vision yeah yeah, yeah. Le- le- let alone the long-term effects of you know whatever's mm-hmm. in those bombs that are hitting their country you know it, it's just it's horrific mm-hmm. and you know cries from syria i was so determined to get this film on and i really wanted it to be on our friday show so that it would counteract against the inauguration right but <laughs> <laughs> but it ended, it ended up being monday but the interview did go long like i anticipated and i mean jesse was there too i mean it was a very somber experience i mean during a lot of the other interviews you know people were um you know laughing people were moving about this one everybody just kind of sat and just listened to everything that these guys had to say and that like that that part of it was just just absolutely incredible whatever you were doing with that microphone it is making a lot of noise that's just not plugged in tight enough and not. Oh. <laughs> We're good. Okay. <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> All of a sudden I was like, what is, what is happening? Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that out. But yeah, it, w- it, w- it was really quite the experience to be able to see those filmmakers really come in and tell their story. And, and to think that, you know, if it was a week ago, like had this happened a week ago, they would not have been allowed to even be at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing one filmmaker now that, you know, was nominated for an Oscar and now can't attend the Oscars. Like it, it's so fucked up. It is. So, and, and, but I, I would highly encourage everybody when you see cries from Syria hit HBO, please, please, please go watch that and then continue to sign petitions and tell, tell the dipshits in the white house now that, you know, th- this has to change. This is, this is racism, one hundred percent. There's no other way to go about it. You can't just say these countries that are predominantly Muslim don't get to come here. But it's not about race and religion. Yeah, which I never yeah. got the whole immigrant thing. Like our country was built, you know, and founded by immigrants. Yeah. that's how we are even a country. And mm-hmm. people like that who have never been to America, you know, you know, they hear it's a great land. It's free. It's very you know progressive and then they you know they go and finally get a chance to you know come here and they get detained at the airport so mm-hmm. yeah we're, we're creating those negative stereotypes or at least trump is yeah and and, it, and it's really it's what builds you know radicalized people yeah so you want to create a, radi- a radicalized person i, I want to say it was uh um oh fuck his name just, just blanked me a comedian that does legit he's australian uh Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. Yes, yeah. I was okay. like, you started with an R there, and I was like, you're just gonna pull a name out of your ass there, aren't you? And then you you stuck the landing. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the gold. But yeah, J- Jim Jeffries had talked in, in his latest special about how you know the the way that you create somebody that's radicalized, especially here in the United States, is mm-hmm. you sit back and you tell this kid that you know, yeah, you, your your family's Muslim, you're Syrian, yeah, you are, you guys are terrible people. You continually to, to perpetuate that idea. Yeah, that's what's going to radicalize somebody. Like, it's just it's just insane that they don't recognize that. And mm-hmm. seeing you know what has happened to these people in Syria, you know it's 
it's just so heart-wrenching and i can't wait for you guys to be able to see the documentary so each year the the ones that come to hbo excite me a couple years ago it was going clear the scientology one one. i didn't get a chance to watch that one great very good yeah i remember afterwards i got i got to jesse and i was just like recognize some parallels (laughs) (laughs) yeah very scary but very very good film open my eyes to different things i mean i feel like on the flip side i think it's especially unsettling because we don't like you said for no reason which makes sense for a reason that we don't know right yeah <laughs> that's the unsettling thing but on the on the other hand i i think it is encouraging with how utah's responded our mm-hmm. governor and w- as well as california yeah kind of separate but yeah at the same time making a stand against and being really passionate about it which which is the good thing about what's going on that this you know is it does provide me a little bit of comfort knowing that the state does mm-hmm. have a you know its own power in its in its own way still yeah, yeah. it's that, still just getting terrifying though like when yeah. i'm sitting here thinking like maybe i should go get a passport just in case and i'm having thoughts like that like that's not how you want to live your life in the country that you've grown up and you don't yeah. want to be yeah. terrified of what's going to happen and that you might one day have to leave. And like my whole family's Mormon and there's, and I'm not. And there was a post the other day saying like, yeah, you know, we starting with the Muslims, just like Hitler just started with the Jews and then it was gypsies and yeah, homosexuals exactly. and everything like that. And it's like anyone yeah. who offends Trump, it's like, you know, Mitt Romney said all that shit about him. Who's to say that Trump's not going to turn around and be like, all Mormons are bad. All exactly. All people from like this race are bad. Like, what's to stop that from happening again? Because that is what's happening right yeah, that, now. That's yeah. Essentially, how the Mormons even ended up in Salt Lake City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Shit, like man. Any, any any religious group alone. Like, I mean, we we, we recognize it. You know, the it happening to the Mormons because we're here in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's happened throughout. T- I mean, the Lutherans and the Protestants. I mean, it was a whole clash with them that, you know, basically essentially started <laughs> the two religions mm-hmm. uh, of splitting off and, and fighting against religion. Then, I mean, the entire crusades, which, Hey, guess what? Not Muslims that massacred a bunch of people, Christians, mm-hmm. but Hey, let's ignore that fact of history. But I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that like he's mm-hmm. going after science organizations and, you know, you've got the national park systems being shut down and things like that. Like, which I got to say, it's making me so happy to see all of those guys just, Oh, yeah. Give a big fuck you to him. Oh, yeah, and like keep NASA his Twitter too, accounts right? going. Yeah. Keep writing because that's what they need to do. And I loved what Meryl Streep said. Like we need to keep the journalists and all of these people mm-hmm. alive because they are our voices, whether you like it or not. It's like I know so many people that are just like I don't pay attention to the media because it's all a lie. And it's just like, is it really okay? Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that for a minute. That yeah. Golden Globe speech was phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and these two have seen, I mean, I, I, sit, I sit at my computer all the time with at least four or five news news mm-hmm. networks pulled up. Granted, I'm looking for stories to make fun of, Yeah. But, but I'm also, I'm reading just all the way through them so that I know what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. And like even last night on The Tonight Show, Tom Brokaw was on, and, you know, a lot of segments that Jimmy does with guests, he's, you know always trying to be funny with them and you could have heard a pin drop in that room mm-hmm. like the entire audience was just sucked into what tom brokaw was saying and it's like i mean granted he's one of the most trusted newsmen ever but to be able to see how people are like despite the fake news and all of that mm-hmm. like well especially when i can't remember what his name is but it's some guy that's in trump's 
cabinet. I don't know. But he even said, like, people shouldn't turn to the media for their news. They should listen to President Trump for the news. And I'm just like, he is the last fucking person (laughs) I would listen to about anything. Yeah, he tweets like an angry 14-year-old kid. He does. Was it Sean? Sean, uh, I can no longer even remember his name. Sean Spicer. It might have been, yeah. PR person. Yeah. So it, we we found out that Sean Spicer was uh, when he was in college. The college newspaper wrote about him, called him Sean Sphincter, <laughs> and he gets so mad about it. So I've I even tweeted directly at him today that for now on we are going to refer to him as Sean Sphincter because the name fits him better than his suits do. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> well, there's that guy too, the neo-Nazi guy who kept getting ransacked by people in the face, like happened like yeah. two or three times. Yeah, it's. I, yeah, I, I think it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I watched that thing gleefully yeah. many times. I just let it loop. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, granted, we don't we don't want to be you know destroying like uh, the protest last week that um, you know where they were smashing Starbucks and things. Yeah. It's like fucking yeah. Starbucks didn't do this. Starbucks, yeah, as liberal as they get. Yeah, like, and that's <laughs> the frustrating thing is like you're trying to have a peaceful protest, and it's always just the one people that for whatever reason are like, let's yeah. cause chaos and anarchy, and then that gives everybody else yeah. a bad name. Which at that and, point, it's not even a yeah. protest. Yeah. That, that's a riot. Yeah, that's, that's a riot. Yeah, you're that's you're yeah. not you're not hurting anybody. It's not like the Lakers won another yeah. championship or anything. This is a protest. It's yeah. always like that human rights. And the way the Lakers are playing that won't happen for yeah. a while. <laughs> it's always like that that dickhead at a party who like you let him drink and then you know like oh he'll be okay and then of course he drinks too much and ends up you know crashing his car and that didn't yeah. happen blowing so, his head off. <laughs> Speaking of that, Chris, this is an intervention. Yeah. Um, we thought we just stated it as a podcast, mm-hmm. but what? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way I feel when I drink. I feel sexy. We know. Yeah, uh, I tell everybody. <laughs> I do. Yeah, we we yeah. know all too well. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a long tangent there, on, you know, based off of you know what we kind of learned from Christ from Syria, and yeah. you know, it, it it is a weird way to start off a podcast when you know we're talking Sundance mm-hmm. or Sundance movies and everything like that. But I felt that you know it was necessary with the way that uh, the things you know have kind of gone in the last twenty four hours, and mm-hmm. you know it was an impactful Sunday Sunday yeah. Sundance yeah. <laughs> film. So reflected realism. It's yeah, fine. absolutely. So, uh, kind of even, you know, headed down the same path of, of, of some of the films, um, you know, with some of the problems that we see in our country. Um, one of the next films I had to watch was Crown Heights. Okay. Um, I, I loved this film, and I, I'm not sure who picked it up. I'm not sure when it'll get its theatrical release. Uh, Jesse and I got to spend some time with the cast uh, on Monday. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield uh, plays the lead uh, in that. Uh, plays a man named Colin Warner, who, when he was 17 years old, was wrongfully imprisoned. And the way that his friend fights to be able to get him uh, out of out of jail so but i mean it's it's just a it's a heart-wrenching story the acting's beautiful it's shot beautifully and like the keith sanfield and i had had a, a fun conversation that jesse got to kind of watch where uh when the keith first started into acting i uh, was in a, a film that is very dear to my heart that i absolutely love called short term 12 oh so oh, yeah. uh, a song that he actually does and it was even uh, talked about being uh it was a top contender uh, for the Oscar several years ago. And then when the nominations came out, nothing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> how? Like, it was such a good song. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, Keith and I got to sit there and talk for a little bit. Um, and and kind of, and I brought it up to him. And I was like, I don't know if you remember this. I was like, the very first Oscar event I ever got to go to, like, 
you it was one of your first events too and i was terrified and you were kind of terrified and we were able to just to kind of bond off of that and he was just so cool and so genuine about everything and it's just like no i totally remember that day and like it was it was a lot of fun it was, I, I know you guys i don't know if quincy's seen it there, there's a picture circulating online i tried to pull up to see what pictures there were um from that event um, I was like, I didn't get any pictures. I was too scared to take any pictures. <laughs> like I did, I didn't know I could, and turned out I could have the entire time. But there's a picture of Brie Larson because it was still very early. Like I shouldn't say early in her career, she had made a lot of stuff, but not a ton of people knew who she was. They knew yeah. her from Scott Pilgrim, mm -hmm. but still not well enough. And there's a great picture of Brie Larson, and then my fat ass photo bombing her in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I was like, I love Brie Larson. Why does that have to be the picture? <laughs> like. <laughs> I was gonna say the only thing besides Scott Pilgrim I saw her in was that like random episode of the leak. That's the only thing I can oh, yeah. remember. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think that was before Short Term Twelve. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it was cool to be able to connect with uh, Lakeith, and especially after like he just you know won the Golden Globe and stuff with the cast of Atlanta, um, which he did the little dance that he does on there, and it was <laughs> so fucking funny. It was. Yeah, because like the video just surfaced like the day before of him at one of the Golden Globes parties, just mm -hmm. doing this hilarious dance, and I bring it up, and he's just started doing it right there on the spot, and. <laughs> But but yeah, Crown Heights was absolutely fantastic. So when that one comes out, I, w I would expect we will see a late summer fall release on that. Okay. Because um, I, I think it's got some Oscar bait in it. And that's typically when we see those films, mm -hmm. those films released. So watch for that. Uh, next one, I know Chris really wanted to see The Big Sick. Yes. Oh, my God. That one was beautiful. I was uh, really sad I didn't <laughs> see that. Yeah, like, Jesse and I got to meet everybody from the Big Sick out on the street and stuff, but yeah, Jesse yep. didn't even get to see it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Kamel Nanjiani and and his wife, Emily Gordon, um, who Je Jesse had a chance to meet them before because we went to Emily's uh, book release event for um, her book that came out last year. And we, we knew we knew some of, some of this that they were kind of working towards a film um, that's very much based on their life uh, as, as Emily gets sick and stuff in the movie and it is, it is just, it's, it's a beautiful film. Uh, of course, directed by Michael Showalter, uh, produced by Judd Apatow. Uh, Kurt Brownoller is in it, Ray Romano. Oh, uh, nice. So, so good. And uh, uh, Amazon Studios ended up purchasing it for $12 million. $12.5 million, wow. I think is what it was. that's awesome. Yeah, highest purchase film of the entire festival. Hmm. So it was an all-night bidding war, I guess, for it. So, I mean, props to them. I'm very excited to see it. I mean... Emily and Kumail deserve this so, so, so very much. Yeah. So I, I'm very excited to, for everybody to be able to see that. Um, I absolutely loved that one. Uh, the Incredible Jessica James starring Jessica Williams, formerly of The Daily Show. Another one that I absolutely loved. Uh, I, I know a lot of people, as Jessica uh, Williams had left The Daily Show, uh, were kind of wondering, like, oh, what is she going to do next? Like, this seems like, you know, kind of her niche. And, you know, she really showed that she is, is a breakout star with this. And that, you know, being able to lead a movie, she's going to be, you know, fantastic in it. So, and yeah, it, it was another one that I think people are really going to enjoy. enjoy. Um, and then the last one that I saw that you guys didn't get to um, was Mudbound. Um, I was excited to see this one just because it does star Garrett Hedlund, um, who I had just recently worked with uh, last year in uh, Mosaic. So he and I are the two bartenders in, in mm -hmm. one of the scenes. Um, and yeah, Mary J. Blige is in that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, got a, it's got a fantastic cast. And yeah, that one that one was also really really good, uh, kind of a western feel to that, and I think that's going to be another one that we will see kind of come out later later in the uh, 
later towards the fall. Uh, one that I really wish I could have got to see that I has just received rave reviews. We tried to get in since Austin's in the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we got nothing but was Wind River. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I am very, very excited to see that. We will be doing some stuff for the theatrical release. Oh, nice. But cool. yeah, I was super bummed that we did not did not get anything for for Sundance. Austin's excited either way that, that at least we'll get to do something yeah, for the uh, still for the sweet. theatrical release. So yeah, all I've been seeing on like Facebook, like from Nerdist, a bunch of people are just giving it rave reviews. Yeah, and, t- and Taylor, Taylor Sheridan, I I think. I mean, as we just said, the Oscar nominations come out, you know, hell or high, high water. water. Yeah, yeah, it scooped yeah. up a ton of nominations. Like, when it got its first one, I was like, well, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they just kept coming, and then Taylor himself got nominated mm-hmm. for Best Director. And I was like, I don't think it's going to win any of these, but you never yeah. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah. yeah, very true. I mean, you never you never really know when it comes to the Oscars. This year, I feel like a lot of it's pretty pretty well set. Yeah. yeah. Do I, you? I honestly do. I mean, we, we aren't anywhere near going through, like, our Oscar episode. That'll be another month out. Yeah. But having watched, like, there's a few that I'm going to go back through and rewatch. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so much of it, I think, is just so heavily going to be La La Land. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, I think it was the best film of the year by far. So some of the things that they did to make that movie work, like... Yeah, you're telling us the continuous shots yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'll do the scene I was even talking to you about. Uh, I don't know if you saw the article I sent you last night from the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually explained how they did those shots, and it mm-hmm. was even more of a nightmare than I expected it to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but so so much of that, like I mean, as much time as we spend in L.A. and stuff, like, and I've watched the process. I'm like, yeah, I reckon. Like, there were even certain jokes I was kind of waiting for, and then they were they were there, and I was like, yeah, that's. That's capturing life in L.A. perfectly. <laughs> Did you see that random uh, for Deadpool for your consideration Oscar video? I don't think I did. It was actually pretty funny. I, I am shocked that Deadpool didn't even get like any technical nominations, yeah. but Suicide Squad got a best makeup yeah. Yeah. nomination. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, if anything, that's the one Deadpool should have been yeah. a nomination for. Yeah. Yeah, I, d- I didn't expect it to get anything. I, I had to laugh, though, because I saw, I want to say it was the Hollywood Reporter I saw today that was like, well, once again, no women directors nominated. And I was like, did any women directors make an impactful film this year? I know. Like, yeah, not, the, not like, that I saw. Like, I'm, I'm all for, like, diversity and People stuff. People just sure. need to stop getting so butthurt over everything. Yeah, this is why I missed the 90s. I'm all for you know a woman director winning, but yeah. I mean, yeah. why should it? Yeah. Why should it, the rules change just to do that? Well, and it's like if there's no film that was directed by a woman that was better than any of the films that are nominated for best director, right. then why give it? You're not going to give it to him just because? Well, we need to put a woman in here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I would rather not be nominated if I didn't then get a nomination when I didn't deserve it just yeah. because yeah. people didn't want to seem sexist yeah, or anything. You win that, it's like, oh, I, you know, you don't feel like you really earned it. It's just yeah, because exactly. of political correctness. Well, if you win it, I would say, then you kind of feel like, <laughs> it, when it comes down to the voting body at that point, mm-hmm. like, they're going to fucking vote for who, who deserves That's it or true. not. Yeah. But, but, I mean, last year, even people got upset over, uh, you know, the Oscars so, so white. white. 
It's no, like, yeah. granted, Straight Outta Compton should have had a fucking Best oh, Picture yeah. nomination. Yeah, definitely. Like, by all means. But, like, when people are like, Where, where's, like, Will Smith's and Michael B. Jordan's? I was like, Michael B. Jordan also made Fantastic Four this year. Yeah. Yeah. They they look at those type of things. What was Will Smith's, the, uh, like, Winter's the Tale? Concussion. Concussion. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a great movie, but out of others there that were, were other, nominated. There were better performances. And, yeah, it's like I was, I was talking to my mom the other day and it's like maybe there just weren't a lot of films featuring black actors that came out last year. I mean, this was the year that Fifty Shades of Black came out yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there were definitely some that, like, like I said, Jennifer Compton totally should have got it. But yeah, well, they're complaining about women directors. There's a really amazing, like, female-centric film that's out, Hidden Figures, that came out. Mm-hmm. This year. Yeah, and it's it did get Oscar nominations. Lot of nominations. Like, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Sorry, it was directed by a man, but I'm I'm pretty sure that. Like the entire best actress, best supporting actress ballot is the majorly black actresses this year too. Because yeah, you've got so, yeah. Viola, I think Octavia, Octavia. and Naomi Harris mm-hmm. yeah. too. Yeah, and there's what five slots. Yeah, and you in had it? the first black woman um, for editor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, th- there's definitely just because every single category, it's like mm-hmm. that's just not how it works. The <laughs> the only year that I got really upset over that was the year. Um, What's it called? The Martin Luther King one. Selma. Yeah. Was the year that came out and it got snubbed completely on everything except like what best original song or something like that. That was the only year I was just like, this is bullshit because that deserved an actor nomination, a director nomination and a best picture nomination. I think it did get the best picture nomination. Did it get get the best picture nomination? Yeah. That was the only year that I actually got upset. Whereas last year I was just like, well, there really wasn't a lot going on. Uh, yeah, it was, it was it was it was definitely definitely strange. But we'll dive more into that when we yeah. do the Oscar episode <laughs> in a f- in a few weeks here. Um, but let's let's jump into some of these other Sundance films that uh, that we were able to see. Um, one of the first uh, I was able to watch some of it. Chris, I know you watched all of it. Um, had had a chance to meet the director and stuff on, on our, during our Friday show. But that was the documentary What Lies Upstream. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, still very very um, relatable. Yeah, with so much that we've seen with the Dakota Access Pipeline, mm-hmm. um, and some of those things where you know it's talking about what's in our water, and we, we kind of had to joke with the director. I think we mentioned this on the last on the first part of the Sundance episodes about how, yeah, you know, I, I know your whole thing with water, but with the altitude and everything up here, you need to make sure that you are drinking water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, what were your thoughts on? I, I personally, I really liked it. It was very informative, very well shot. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like one of my things about it is it's not only just going into the whole you know west virginia like crisis water crisis the flint crisis but it's also showing a lot of like political corruption yeah stuff like you had this doctor who's fighting for the people and then he ends up working you know for virginia's government and you just see like he's just slowly getting corrupted he's like you know don't worry i'm Mm -hmm. just giving them what i they want to hear i'm still fighting for the people but and then they flash to like Something he said like the year before. Yeah, he because he says I would want people have the right to know what's in their water, what yeah. what was spilled in their water, and then it was like a year later he was just like, no, they don't need to know about that if it's not. Yeah, like, if we haven't if we haven't confirmed it, despite the fact that there had been tests done on it, it's like no, we don't need to yeah. let the people know about that yet. And, that whole power corrupts absolutely, kind of yeah, you know, yeah. sense, but yeah, and especially I mean, you see so much of that corruption. I mean, especially where they where they touch on like Flint, where these things were brought to their government before yeah. mm-hmm. and they just, they choose to ignore it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, hey, it's just a little bit of lead. No, no harm, no foul. Yeah. Sure. You're, 
Sure, you can light your water on fire. <laughs> Just consider that yeah. a miracle. Well, I saw something on Facebook the other day. Someone posted, made a really good point that said, here all the politicians are upset that women want reproductive rights and they're making a big stink over abortion and yet they don't say anything about pollution in the water, the exactly. pipelines that are coming through, any of these other things that are so much more important and s- need so much more attention than Roe versus Wade or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, there are things that affect every single person. Yeah. So, I mean, e- e- even as we've got our bottled water here, it's like, there still are concerns and stuff that yeah. <laughs> they bring up there. I'll be honest, like, after watching that, I'm like, maybe my water smells a little funny. Because yeah. when I yeah. turn my hot water I, on, I have been weird. smelling my water yeah. <laughs> recently, and I'm like, is this okay? It got really intense, though, because the, the director himself, who kind of is, you know, stars in it, he's kind of the narrator, he's yeah. kind of the front man for it, ends up kind of having to, like, fight getting the fight involved in the fight himself which i thought mm-hmm. was really amazing he gets advice from someone about you know sometimes you just have to you know take that fight you know and do it yourself so he gets up in front of a conference and just says look i tested some of my own water at home this is pretty intense there's chemicals in there that like aren't even recognized that are getting surpassed every day you know the water's not great you should still be fighting for you know what you believe in which I thought was like one of the best parts of those documentaries. Mm-hmm. You rarely see a good documentary where the director themselves is getting involved into it. I mean, there's some here yeah. and there, but this one was, was pretty inspiring. And, and he, he was a cool dude. Jesse and I actually, as he went up to, a, uh, as he finished his interview, he, he walked over to grab breakfast as we were grabbing breakfast, and he still was pouring himself orange juice instead. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> Well, in all fairness, you do a water doc about how yeah. shitty water yeah. is. You probably don't want to drink water that Find much. out the things that he found out. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd be in that same boat. My favorite part was at the very beginning when he was brushing his yeah, teeth. Was and say. you hear the cameraman and he's like, dude, did you just did you just put that under the tap? And he's just like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool to see also just like how a community would band together. Mm-hmm. Like even a small community like that would just band yeah. together and fight for it. and. Seeing like how people's lives were affected by it, you know, on a day to day basis. This lasted like over a year, mm-hmm. and he was even doing stuff, like stuff in the like documentary was going on like December of last year. So there were segments even attached to it, even you know, close before like the Sundance Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and sometimes sometimes these guys are, you know, they're editing up until like the night before their screen. Right. Yeah. So I know one of one of the screeners that we had, like it said, you know, not fully sound mixed and color corrected. I, th- I think that was suck it up. Yeah. It didn't have like yeah. opening credits or it was and it had temporary sound and everything yeah. like that on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's common when <laughs> when we get some yeah. of these. But yeah, what lies upstream, uh, definitely one of my favorite documentaries. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this year. And like I said, you know, still very, very relevant um, you know, to so much of what we're seeing today. So and, and it was cool being able to see the director too before, you know, even having a chance to Chance to see it. It was it was Jesse's first bout. He was our very first interview of the day, so it was kind of Jesse's first taste of like, there's the there's the director of a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, even going back, he's done some like other really great docs that I yeah, really love to check out. Yeah, he he's 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 done a few, and I, I want to say we had him on a couple of years ago too. Oh, nice. Um, for it, so we had, we had a few returning returning uh, directors and stuff this year. Nice. So uh, one of the next films that we had, uh, I kind of started into, Chris started into. I don't know if you got to it, Quincy. Get to it. So I don't think Jesse did either. It was a, a film called Machines. Oh yeah. That neither of us could really even make it through. Yeah. It was. Uh, oh. 
It, it was it, it was just too too slow. The subtitles were not very good. Yeah, the picture itself was. The, yeah, the picture itself was not very good. Um, you know, I I, I wish there was because we met the directors of, of this film too, mm. and super super nice guys, very very passionate about their film, um, but you know, un- unfortunately, just didn't. Yeah. didn't do it. Uh, if, I'll usually stomach through even a bad film during yeah. these because yeah. I want to be able to to see where the hell it's going. And like I said, you know, people all the time are like, oh, I'm so jealous you're going to do the Sundance shit. And I'm like, why? Half the films I watch are pretty terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, th- this one I, I, I couldn't make it through. I couldn't either, man. Like, there's the thing. Storyline and stuff like that, good. Yeah, but the two most important things, picture quality and sound. Which I felt yeah. picture quality because it was such a small square and you cannot see the subtitles. I was just, I was just lost. I'm like, I, I give up. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, may, may, maybe, maybe if it got picked up, I'm not sure. You know what the what the outcome maybe. was. Maybe, maybe, maybe things will get changed because that does happen with Sundance. Another thing people don't realize about Sundance, like, it's very much a a, a, a sales conference more yeah. <laughs> more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. These films are going up to try to get distribution. Like that's. That's one of the biggest things with, with, with any film festival. So mm-hmm. we will see if that goes anywhere. Um, any of you guys get to the good postman? I did. Not. I okay. started its first two minutes. And I didn't get a chance to finish it. Okay. I'm gonna chop that and I'll just jump in here and I'll let Quincy talk about it. So the next one, uh, the good postman. Mm-hmm. Now, Quincy, you're the only one who got to right. the good postman. What were your thoughts on, on this film? Tell, I mean, kind of a little bit about what it, what it was. It's about, um, a small village, it's called like Grand, I can't remember the name of it, over in Bulgaria. It's like 40 people live in this village and they're having a mayoral race. It's like okay. an election This is time. a comedy, right? It's a documentary. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's I totally like, thought this was supposed to be a comedy. No, no, it's that, a documentary. That's how it's somebody a, had pitched it to me. It's a documentary. <laughs> there are some parts yeah. where I'm just like, is this really a documentary or did they just shoot it that way? Because yeah. I'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, there's these people, um, two three men and one woman running to be the mayor of this town. And they have, it starts out with um, the postman. His name is Ivan. And they have a lot of Syrian refugees that are like sneaking through their town, trying to cross the border over into Turkey and everything like that. Okay. I'm I'm glad I was about to say, I think we're living this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And he kind of keeps watch on the border and he'll call the border police and be like, Hey, these people are coming over and, just so they can like catch him and take him to wherever they do. And then he kind of starts to have a change of heart. And he's like, well, if we bring these people into the village, they could actually help us and we could all live in peace because that's what they're trying to get, get to. They're trying to get out of this war torn country. Exactly. And then there's another guy in the village. I can't, I don't think they ever actually said his name, so I don't know what his name was, but he had like very paranoid, almost communist like views and everything. It was like, no, we need to keep the Syrians out because they'll just come in and take the jobs. And it was like, there's 40 people in this town and half of them are on their way out in terms of their age and everything like that. And it's just kind of about them going around town, trying to get the votes, talking about what their ideals are and everything like that. And then it gets to the election and neither one of the two main guys win. And it's really funny because the guy who's in communist only got one vote and it was from his mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I was just like, this can't be real. Oh, That's like what my class president. Right. <laughs> mom, you don't even go here. <laughs> I will say, though, from like the first two minutes that I watched, it had a really good opening shot. It did. Yeah. 
It did. It's got, it's just like him out on this hill and you can like see these people moving around and like the trees. It's, and it's the people that are trying to cross the border and everything. But then it just, it kind of like after the election and it's the woman that wins the election and the guys are just like, well, she doesn't this, even... This is like Trump's worst yeah. nightmare. The woman wins the yeah. election. There I are thought. refugees coming into the village. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't support this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so. Alternate but facts. It ends kind of... I don't know if you want me to talk about the ending or spoil anything. I, I would say no spoilers. Okay. No, no spoilers, uh. but... Oh, I mean, over overall, it, would it be something that you would suggest? You know, as it is, it sounds like it's a, it's something that people will eventually dive I, into. Yeah. So and while I've still got my screener, it sounds like something I definitely am going to want to want to watch here. Yeah, I think it, like if you like documentaries, especially ones that kind of touch on the more political issues, especially that are going on now, it's it's a really interesting watch. Like I was never bored throughout the entire thing. Good. I found it really insightful. Did you find it where it was funny in parts? Because I think that was the lady publisher that we were talking to about it, right? Where she was talking, oh, it's o- it's a documentary, but it's okay to laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I think yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the pub- uh, publicists that that Jesse and I were talking to. That, that's why I thought it was a comedy, is because she brought that up. Yeah. But there mm-hmm. was a little bit of a language barrier between us, and mm-hmm. so I didn't completely grab everything that she was always saying to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just it's just interesting because you know they are such a small little village, and so they're their way of campaigning and everything is really completely different. Like they go, they literally go door to door to all of the residents and they're just like, this is my idea and this is what I want to do and everything like Hmm. that. It's not like on some big podium or Hmm. anything like that. Well, that's definitely one. I've still got the link to a nice to get that one watched. Uh, The next one we have is Cortez. So, and I, I literally finished watching Cortez before we started recording today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, it, it was a very well done film. Yeah. So, um, about a musician that kind of goes back, um, finds kind of an old girlfriend that, uh, that, that he had, uh, had a very he, tumultuous yeah, relationship. Yeah. To say the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, it was, a, it was a touching film in many ways. My my only complaint with this is it didn't necessarily seem to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which which kind of seems to be the theme of a lot of Sundance films, like they're <laughs> yeah. shot beautifully. They've got great performances. Yeah, they've got great stories behind them. Yeah, but yeah, great great stories and everything, but they just don't seem to necessarily go anywhere. But this one, the characters were very relatable. They were those even though the story didn't so much go anywhere. It still lets you be able to relate to it and, and yeah. have fun. And the music was good. Mm-hmm. So Chris was helping me get things set up while I was finishing the last few scenes. And actually, was just like, who sings this? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is just an original song for for the movie. Yeah. And he was like, well, it's it's great. Like, I really mm-hmm. like this song. Yeah, that's why I, I really like music in it. That's wh- oh, no, no. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's why I really like stuff like uh, Once or like mm-hmm. Sing Street yeah. with yeah. like the original music, stuff like that. Yeah, Jesse and I both just uh, watched Sing Street a couple weeks ago. and. Love that movie. Yeah, it yeah. was so fucking good. Oh yeah, very very good. That one came out of Sundance last year, didn't it? It did. Yeah. yeah. So and, and I I was pretty sure I'd watch it last year because Chris and I even kind of talked about it. I want to say like during the New Year's episode, and I was like, yeah, yeah. it was a great film. And then as I watched, it, I was like, I don't think I watched all this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was I. It took me a bit to watch it, but once I did watch it, I was really hooked on it and like listening to the soundtrack of it. Like I loved. Yeah, it. I sent Jesse a text right away, and I was just like, you're gonna want to watch this movie. Like mm-hmm. it's. It's going to get you hooked. And like two months ago, Jesse was just like, musical movies. And I, I went with Jesse to see La La Land and he was like, 
that was fucking brilliant. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even a fan of musicals, and that was great. And then, like, this one, even though it's still a musical, Jesse was like, it's great. Um, in my head, I'm like, I've got him. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, Sing Street, I mean, it was, even though you recommended it, it was one that I was like, oh, kind of had low expectations yeah. still. You know, I, I kind of like to go into watching those type of films. But, uh, yeah, very well done. I, I loved the, the kid-like theme that it had to yeah. it of your dreams and the music and things like that. But it also had the adult disappointment of the reality setting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of had the it fuck had the a, man kind of like thing to it, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of my favorite part or characters or theme of the movie was his older brother. Oh, yeah. yeah. His older brother who was kind of a failure. Yeah, burnout. <laughs> but he got through sex... Uh, well, Success through his he little brother. Sex through he, got little brother. It. he got uh, through it. He got through it. Whoa, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, musicals. You, I liked it. His brother say. was kind of like his uh, musical Sherpa. Yeah, that was kind of nice. His uh, his uh, '80s hits Yoda. Sure. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but I mean, Cortez. Don't get us wrong. It, it was nothing like Sing Street. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh no. But still, still a good drama. Yeah. Uh, just a, and, and and this is this is the interesting thing. And I even said this with uh, when SLC Punk Two came out, and it's like James Marandino, you know, is a fun filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But the films don't ne- like SLC Punk. The first one, of course, it was a hit at Sundance, and mm-hmm. you know all those years ago. Second one again doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. But it still brings you into it, and you're able to have fun with it. Yeah. And I think it comes down to, uh, you know, characters having, you know, a good char- character archetype. Yeah. So yeah. even Manchester by the Sea, after watching that again, I was like, the movie goes fucking nowhere. But, and, and even Casey Affleck, I'm like, he plays Casey Affleck. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it's, it's nothing that special, but it still makes you... And and that's when that's when an actor will grab me is when they're basically just playing themselves, but they can they can bring you into the character that they're playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and, and the kid uh, from Manchester by the Sea, even the, he just grabbed an Oscar nomination. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. And he was shocked. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> but even though that movie still didn't go go really anywhere, it, it it's still and it was another Sundance hit last year, and I mean may, maybe we'll see something come of Cortez with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean it was overall just. Well, it's interesting story. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, the character arcs just didn't. I felt like by the end they were just kind of starting to take off and yeah. get there, and then it just ended, and it's just like, but I want to find out. And that's the thing with Sundance movies is they have a way of like ending in a spot where you're like, well, but what happened with this and this and this? Yeah. And what about yeah. this plot line? And what about this relationship and everything? Yeah, like they that? they spend way too much time spelling out the subtext of the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, and just I feel like a lot of it has just like a lot of very pretty cinematography, but they spend yeah. a little sure. too much time just like on longing shots, like in the par- that party that he goes to yeah. with the girl at the very beginning, and when he goes back to New Mexico and meets up with her and everything. I was like, this is we don't. I mean, yeah, it shows their relationship kind of rekindling, but then it's like the next scene that's completely off. Yeah, well, e- even even the scene that uh, that they have where Anne's with her uh, with her boyfriend then that was going to go back to his family mm-hmm. it's like did you just put that scene in there so we randomly had to look at this goofy dude's dick yeah like so you could oh. just have some random nudity yeah, in it for the no reason. yeah. you could have you could have completely shot. pulled that scene out 
and the movie could have gone on without yeah because they it never even referenced just as back much to sense. it yeah <laughs> i mean i think does she run into him at the party later on or is that somebody else maybe she does and i just but didn't even notice then that. like <laughs> that, i didn't really know even then that wouldn't have thrown me off i would have yeah. just i would have got from just that scene like oh yeah ex-boyfriend most likely yeah yeah that scene that was a pointless scene yeah yeah it was it was absolutely pointless so, so. pleasant Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but we we had the cast of Cortez actually come in. Oh, nice! And they they were super super cool. So I I really enjoyed meeting all of them. I mean, I really enjoyed it, and I like I yeah. think the writing was great. Um, the main woman who plays the main character in it, she directed it as well. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, her and the main guy, they both wrote it too. Oh, together. So. I, yeah, I don't. I know both of them were there, and maybe I just didn't pay attention to that one as. <laughs> As closely, so but yeah, it was it was still a very enjoyable film. Sure. Um, overall, um, Davion. I I saw that. All right, tell tell us about tell us about Davion. They were another one met the entire cast, but did not have have the chance to watch it, and they really wanted us yeah. to watch it, but yeah, just did not get to it. I enjoy Davion. It's about it's set in a like a rural Arkansas town, and this little boy he's probably about 14 years old and his brother was killed in a gang violence shooting okay and so it's just kind of him dealing with that because his brother was really like the only male figure that he had in his life and it starts out with a really great line of just this kid and it really captures like teenage angst like how that would be where are just like everything's stupid like my shirt yeah. is stupid this town is stupid just like everything's stupid and he lives with his sister who has a boyfriend and they have a baby and the boyfriend's really cool and is like was friends with the brother and is trying to like kind of be that little father figure in it and him and the boy have a good relationship but the boy's just Davion's just not ready to like let someone else in and so he starts getting roped up in this gang that like hangs out down the street and the leader of it really takes a shine to him and like starts pulling him in and it sh- there's a great scene where they take him on this like uh, convenience store robbery. Where, oh, geez. And like the kids just sit in the car the whole time, but like they hear everything that goes on, gunshots go off, and everything like that. So it's kind of like that gang initiation. Yeah. Oh, into yeah. that regard. Yeah. So it's kind of about like watching this kid possibly getting pulled into the same lifestyle, into the lifestyle that killed his brother and everything. Hmm. That's. So. Man, now I'm really intrigued to see. Yeah, I, me too. When, when they when their cast had come in, I was in a I was in a whirlwind trying to get everything pulled together. Jesse watched me run around like a chicken with my head cut off for two days. So, and then even when my anxiety got to me, then pacing like a chicken with my head cut off. But, but yeah, I, I was I wish I would have had a chance to talk to them. And l- luckily, we still have a few more days of the festival, really. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. definitely sit down with this one. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw, it, I was kind of. I think a lot of people might try to be like, oh, is it going to be the next Dope? And I'm like, no, because you're not going to be able to market. This movie yeah. will never be marketed the way that Dope was. And Dope was a great film. Yeah, and Dope had, I mean, when you've got Blake Anderson and some of the yeah. other names in there, it helped kind of soften it because Dope was another great hit at, at last year's Sundance. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, I mean, it, it softened it a little yeah. by having some of those names in it, whereas this one... Doesn't have some it doesn't of those have names. any name actors and it almost kind of feels like it almost feels like a documentary in that yeah. sense like following oh, wow. this little boy but it's yeah because the little the boy that plays Davion just did a phenomenal job excellent in it so that 
And I'm I'm glad that we have all of these screeners because it's like there's the few of them that I was like oh, I really want to get to this and yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that Quincy watched watched mm-hmm. those few because now I can now I can jump on I had to jump on all these one watches first and then I was just like oh, I need to watch these others <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Davion I think I might even watch that uh, later tonight uh, on to one that I think was st- all of our favorites a uh, Killing Ground mm-hmm. yeah I love so this one this one this one I was I was excited about I was excited when we had them on the show I know I mentioned at the beginning how uh, the guy that kind of plays the main villain per se. So I, I say villain, I just think of the fucking Joker. Like yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I don't know why I go down that path. Goddamn, we're nerds. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Killing Ground. I just, I really loved. You know, it, they had such a unique way of telling the story mm-hmm. that it takes you. And I don't want to spoil anything in this because this it, it, the films had rave reviews. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it'll get picked up. I'm pretty sure we'll see that on Netflix or Amazon. Or oh something. God, I yeah, hope definitely. so. Yeah, but they're, they're, just the way that they filmed it. About halfway through, you realize essentially it's a it's a boyfriend and girlfriend that are going on a camping trip, kind of kind of in the in the bush in in, uh, in Australia, and as they get to their camping site, they realize that it's not as exclusive as they thought. There's another tent set up on kind of like the other side of the private beach that they're on, and the the way that the story unfolds is able to tell the story of both of them. While there's still a twist in there that mm-hmm. about halfway through, all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it, it 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 builds itself so nicely. It's another one of those where it does like it escalates nicely. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go super far. Yeah, and I, I like like the ending. I wish would have been slightly different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it it still kind of wrapped things up. So th- this is what I know Jesse was able to finish. So you, this was not one that you fell asleep through. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took me three times. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and that's not that's not I, meaning the movie was bad. Jesse just legitimately will fall yeah. asleep during anything. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, I do often. I really like the foreshadowing in the time hop. Like you said, mm-hmm. I don't think it went too far into the storyline. It kind of inched its way yeah. back and forth. Very well done. But I, I, I actually like the ending. I thought it capped it off, for me at least. I thought it was very satisfying. I only wanted one thing to happen, mm-hmm. and the way that it happened, yeah, very violent, yeah. very <laughs> satisfying. I, <laughs> I, I liked that. the ending, yeah. too, except for one, and I'm sure you all know what it is. There was one thing that was kind of left unresolved. That's correct. But yeah. what yeah. about that? And I can't really say anything, but there was just a scene in the movie towards the beginning when they're trying to fix their tire and she's walking from the camp and like you just, I can't give much away, but like you just see something in the background that you're just like, oh my god and do you know what I'm, Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and so, (laughs) sorry, I just have to make sure that you're all on the page. Yeah, yeah like we have to be just so vague with so much Mm just because there are so many little bits and pieces that yeah. will give away mm-hmm. this movie, and I just I would it's hate tough. to give <laughs> yeah. away this movie yeah. because it was it was really really good. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it, and don't get me wrong, I still enjoyed the ending just fine. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted there to be a little bit more, yeah. a little bit more gusto to it. Yeah. So, but overall, yeah, the Killing Ground or Let- just simply Killing Ground. Yeah. So yeah. I want to keep mixing it with the Killing Season that Jesse yeah. and I Jesse and I interviewed the filmmakers on that for. <sighs> Which, by but, the way, I still haven't been able to finish it yet. Yeah, I haven't either, and oh, I've been very, very cool. upset about it. I, I yeah. keep trying, but anyway. Yeah, A and E, if you're listening, fix your fucking website. Yeah, serious. <laughs> I was gonna say, Killing Ground wise, I felt the 
the cut between scenes was really fluid. Like yeah. I really liked that a lot. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying is it it keeps you going in the story before when you finally realize that there's actually a twist to the way mm. that the entire thing is edited. It, it makes you kind of have just the kind of like, oh, this is happening. And then yeah. it sinks in for a second. You're like, oh, fuck, this is happening. Yeah. And like the little clues that they leave throughout yeah. it, like yeah. that you're kind of discovering with the main couple and everything. You're just like, oh, 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 dear. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting that they kind of humanize the villain a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. in the beginning of it, like he's waking his roommate up with a dog and you think, oh, he's just a normal dude. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, oh. And, and the police are upset yeah. about his dog, but he just wants to be able to keep his dog and yeah. put up a fence. To, like, he's yeah. not like your traditional mustache twirling villain yeah. that, the, that they would usually, yeah. that like if this was funded by a big Hollywood studio that they would probably put in. He's very... He's more one than yeah. one dimensional. Yeah, and and I like this too because there's a there's a thriller that Austin and I have been working on that we plan to shoot this spring that kind of go like ours is just a short, um, but it'll still be like a thirty five minute short. Mm-hmm. But it's like Christopher kind of knows the story. Jesse's actually yeah. gonna read through with us on the script, um, which made us kind of look at it and go, "Oh, we need to fix like the whole first act." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. It, wouldn't you say this is kind of like that similar feel, Jesse? Because that's how I felt after after watching it. And I was like, all right, well, this shows me what we need to do with our film to make sure that it has that same gravitas to it. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I'm, I'm curious to see how <laughs> the execution goes. And yeah, no pun intended. So yeah, it, it it should it should be a lot of fun, but I'm glad I watched that because I was like, ah, mm-hmm. here are some things I need to utilize, and yeah, yeah. it was definitely definitely one to spark a lot of ideas. So. Yeah. yeah, I felt this is one of the films that I watched that had like the most meat to it, the most yeah. and it drew definitely. me in like probably the most. Yeah, it was it was very well done, and I really look forward to seeing what will happen with Killing Ground. So uh, the next one here, um, so is withdrawn. There's yeah. not much to go through here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quincy and I both watched it. I didn't make it the whole way through. I didn't actually watch it as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> I I watched it as a whole. Jesse and I met the cast. I, I, I'm i sure they're nice people. They were very nice people. They were a little withdrawn. Oh. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you beat me to the pun punch. <laughs> but I always hesitate. Yeah, I know. Just get in there. That's why Let's I thought I had a good opening. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, the movie just, it didn't fucking go anywhere. So it's a basically about a kid that he's he's on hard times and finds a credit card and decides to try and run a credit card scam by trying to figure out what the PIN number is. And half the fucking movie is him going up and trying these different combinations oh. of the PIN number. See, I didn't even hmm. know that that was the plot of the movie. I didn't even make it that far into it. Yeah. So it's really. like a really shitty version of Blank Check? Sounds like should sh- your version. Of- hey, <laughs> blank check is, is a very magical movie. <laughs> I just the thing that just irritated me the most, other than the bad bad acting and everything, was that the director just stuck to one fucking camera angle. Yes, oh. and it was oh just God, just yes. like. Hmm. On a tripod, just standing there, like facing basically like I am facing you. Like right a slated now. shot. Yeah, yeah. like a sl- just a wide shot where you should see like the waist up of the actor, and that's all. Like no close ups, no cuts to anything else. That's the shot for every single scene in the movie. 
Yeah. And that just irritates like the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds like a what? It sounds boring. Yeah. It, it was. It was. When, when it ended, I was like, like, I actually scanned back when it ended. And I was like, did I just fucking miss something? And then mm. it keeps going. I was like, nope, didn't miss anything. Mm. It just kind of got there. Like, yeah. I remember like looking on the thing of how much time I had left on and I was just like life is too short I kind of get the point of <laughs> yeah. this already and it's I went always to a bad room. sign if you check how much time's remaining in yeah. a movie and you're like nah fuck that's yeah. so dumb yeah, yeah I, I did that several times on it and I was just like maybe maybe something's gonna happen mm, yeah. maybe Oh, five minutes are left. I, nope, I guess nothing's <laughs> going to happen here. I didn't have that much faith as you. I was just like, nothing has happened for the last half hour. Yeah. I don't think this is going oh. anywhere. I admire you, though, for making yeah, the it powering was, through it. It was one of the first ones I jumped into. Mm. And so that's where it was just like, all right, let's see what happens. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> but yeah, it was... It was a little rough. You should just, Christopher, you should just watch you, like you the really first should. 10 minutes of it just to see what we're I don't think about. I can. No, I think you should watch the full thing just so that you can get to the end of it and be like, what the fuck was that? I've got a lot of disappointment in my life. I don't know if I can handle it anymore. You just quoted Blank Check as a magical movie. It's a goddamn movie. It's great. I watched it again on Hulu and it holds up. That means it's... Who can refute that? Yeah. I watched it a second time, you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I went back. Well, if it's on Hulu. Oh, Hulu yes. knows their shit. <laughs> no, I'll probably check it out. I'm, I'm intrigued to see, just from what you guys are describing about it, just how horrible it is. It, it reminded me of like half of the films I saw people make while I was in film school. Yeah. Oh, really? That were like so bad that you were just like, oh, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then... How did, I was just sitting there like, how did this get accepted into the Sundance Film it Festival? Might, it may have been a Slamdance film. Okay. But either, like, even Slam Slamdance, honestly, usually has better films than yeah. Sundance yeah. does. So, one, one I should mention, real quick here, because we don't have anything more good to say with Withdrawn. It was fucking boring <laughs> as hell. Um, Moving on. But one that I did absolutely love, that was a Slamdance film, and won the Audience Award. Um, we met the cast, and then the cast was missing one person. Um, mm. But then we met him later. Ironically, as we were leaving downstairs in the pub, uh, but was Dave made a maze? Um, it starred Nick Thune. Oh, um, yeah. but it's this guy that makes a cardboard maze, and that was basically their set was a bunch of cardboard, huh. and it was a fun, fun movie. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Like, yeah, how like cool it sounded. Yeah, it, it was it was a really fun movie. I really really enjoyed it. I'm glad it won an award. The cast was awesome. Nick Thune, one of my comedy heroes, was fucking awesome. As he joked with Jesse and I uh, for a little bit, and actually took the time to like talk with us and take a picture and stuff. And but yeah, that one I just wanted to throw that one in there as I was randomly thinking nice. about that and bringing up some slam dance films because that one I fucking love. Hopefully, it gets picked. Like I'm assuming it got picked up, right? I'm not sure. I would almost guarantee that it will though. Oh, nice! If it won that award, yeah. if it won that big of an award at the festival, it will. Yeah, it, it should it should pick something. So, somebody should grab that, mm-hmm. if not Netflix or you know Hulu or something like that. Yeah. That's the nice thing is that a lot of these online distributors and ne- Netflix, like some of the like publicists and stuff that we were reaching out to, were already there with Netflix. Oh shit! Like, there were films that Netflix was premiering at at Sundance. That's awesome. Like some of the moves that they are making. I I love that now like Amazon and Hulu and Netflix are all involved in these because for so long it seemed like movies, great movies would come to Sundance and they would get picked up but then it was like nobody really knew how to market them yeah. exactly. to a wide audience. Yeah. And so they would get 
shoved into the background and no one would really remember it unless you were an yeah. avid Sundance channel watcher yeah. like I am. And yeah. so that's that's why Netflix and these it's more onla- focused on the, the online streaming is so great now because yeah. people are always looking for shit to watch online and they're more likely to see it. And then. there was a great one that Chris and I watched last year um, that was um, – how to how to build an orgy in a small how to plan an how orgy, plan in, a small orgy town. in a small town. I just town. got the Blu-ray yeah. for that. So excited! To yeah, and he just it. got he just got the Blu-ray for it. It was one of my favorites yeah. last year. But again, it was one of those that it would have just got pushed pushed to the back. But I mean, it, it did end up getting distribution. I want to say through a Canadian distribution company. Yeah, I think it was. But yeah, it was it was fucking great. It was one of my favorites last year, and it's one of those that like they just they just kind of trickle out and. But think, thanks to Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, and we're able to get more of these films, and more people are able to to, to be able to check them out. That yeah, sounds familiar. Did you recommend me watch that on Amazon or Netflix a while back? Yeah, I think I started it. It's pretty. It's a Again, pretty great like <laughs> weird like rom y slash like hmm. you know anti slut shaming small town yeah. kind of like great. It's like really organic like great film. Like yeah. I really liked nice. it. It was it was so well written. It's very funny. It's very like everything about it. No pun intended. It's very fluid. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. So that's another great one from last year. Though. Yeah, which I was kind of surprised to see that like A twenty four wasn't as involved this year as they were last year because last year they had well, a lot of keep, great stuff. Keep in mind they still may be. That's true. They 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 are the ones that are out there mm-hmm. to pick them up to help distribute them afterwards. That's true. So. Um, Another one here, Suck It Up. I think Quincy's the only one who got to watch that. Another mm-hmm. one, Jesse and I, their cast was a lot of fun. They, they were a funny cast, um, but that was the one that, that you had watched. Mm-hmm. So, and, and this was one where, yeah, the, the sound mix and score, and there were no credits to it. Yeah. So it was, it was still kind of in the process of editing, <laughs> but, yeah, we got to check that one out. So, yeah. I mean, tell me a little bit about Suck It Up. Um, it's about two girls and one of them was dating the brother of the other girl and the brother died of cancer and he had like broken up with the girl beforehand and the sister has kind of just gone off the rails because her brother was like her best friend and she's drinking a lot and just going crazy and um the girls the sister's mom calls the ex-girlfriend over and is like you know she's really kind of we need to kind of do a little half-assed intervention or whatever and so the ex-girlfriend decides one night when the sisters passed out, she just like dresses her, puts her in the car, and then goes driving off to this lake house that they all used to go to as like kind of a little sobriety trip, I guess, and to kind of get back on their feet and everything. When you watch it, it makes total sense. I was watching, I was like, this is a Sundance movie because it's yeah. just got it's got that <laughs> feel to it. It's got that storyline. But it's another movie that kind of there were parts that just kind of felt like they really went nowhere but it was a good movie in that it's kind of about dealing with grief and everything like that i liked it i thought it was good i don't know how they would market it or anything like that because there wasn't i didn't find anything that was really like laugh out loud funny but that's what it's kind of is it's kind of like a comedy drama sort of thing a very dark comedy yeah Mm. But I don't know. Maybe I just missed missed <laughs> something with the temp sound and everything. But yeah. honestly, it wasn't like the temp sound wasn't even that bad. Yeah, a lot of the times I don't even notice it. Like I'll start a screener and then like afterwards, something might have stuck out to me. And I'm like, oh, that's right. They didn't have this in there in there yet. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that yeah, it does, I, doesn't kill it for me. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's kind of just like it's just kind of like a trying to 
relax after a long day type of movie that you can just sit down yeah. and watch. Mm. And, and don't necessarily have to pay super close attention. Yeah, to. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's a good it's background pretty, noise movie. Yeah. Good hangover movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. um, Dim the fluorescence. I know... You, I think you're the only one who got into this one. Yeah. And you only made it like 80% through because uh, yeah. all of a sudden the screener was like, hey, we're done. Yeah. And I was just like, but I want to know what happens in this. And yeah. So what, what was what it, was at least what you got out of it? It's about um, an actress and a aspiring playwright. And what they do for like to make money is they write skits for corporate companies like on sexual harassment and everything and perform them like in the corporate meetings and everything. <laughs> oh, that's it awesome. Was really, really. It was funny. I actually really liked this movie and it's like the actress is really struggling because she's not getting and I could totally relate to that. There's a great scene in it where she's walking out of an audition and she calls her friend and she's like, I didn't get it. And, you know, I, I was probably just so nervous that I did terrible. And the girl's just like, I guarantee you everyone else is thinking that. And like, as she's walking down the hall, there's like all these other girls on the phone. Like, I was just so nervous. I forgot my lines. And I'm like, I can relate to that. Cause that's yeah. how I am when I leave an audition. And there's so many. Yeah. So it was really relatable to me. And awesome. They're just, it was really funny. I wish I could have seen the end of it. Cause I was really liking <laughs> where it was going, but Maybe I'll have to try it again <laughs> tonight or something. But I really liked it. I thought, like, if you're in the, if you're a writer or an actor or do anything of that sort, I think you'll find this movie really relatable and funny. Excellent. Well, that even even though you know, I mean, we we've already talked about at least twelve movies here, counting the ones that only I was able to watch. And I mean, that's like I'm adding these now too. It's like, all right, I've still got a few days. Like I've got to. Gotta yeah. get these ones in now because mm -hmm. yeah, they they sound fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give that one a chance too. Yeah, um, Dim, Dim Fluorescence was probably next to The Killing Ground, probably one of my favorite ones. Oh, nice, awesome. On it, um, one that I don't know if any of you guys got to that I, I really really enjoyed. Uh, Future Thirty Eight. I did not get a chance to watch. You no, know, I started watching this and I just I don't think I was in the right mindset. For yeah, it. and you kind of do have to be in the right mindset for it. It's it starts off with Neil deGrasse Tyson explaining that um, this movie was found in 1938 mm -hmm. and they had to go into the future to like save the planet mm -hmm. and they shot it just like they would any of those cheesy type of like future movies in the 30s and so that kept it very light and very fun mm -hmm. there was nothing super special about it the acting's you know I, I guess you'd have to say the acting's great in it because they're keeping with that very cheesy yeah. like 1930s feel and and it wraps up just very sweet so as, as the guy goes into the future and then i mean you could kind of almost piece the puzzle together mm -hmm. so just if i mean any type of movie like that but and I, I can't say too much because it would spoil it and i i will almost guarantee this will get picked up by somebody because it yeah. is it is very much a streaming type of movie. Oh, nice! But it will be—it'll be one that is a lot of fun. It was one that, as I finished it, I was just like, "That it, was fun." It kind of felt like it was in the vein of Reefer Madness. Yes, almost. Oh, yeah, nice. kind of. Yes, that—that's a fair comparison. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is one that was definitely, definitely a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I I would suggest that one if if there's one that people are going to kind of look for as one to um to jump into that that comes out. That there's like, eh, this is a weird one. Let's take that's one I would, mm -hmm. I would suggest. So now, as as we wind things down, and we've talked about a lot of great movies, a lot of fun ones, a lot that you know we should see, you know, in theaters. Some that you know we will see, you know, kind of kind of coming out through some of the streaming services. There's no better way to wrap up this episode. 
than with possibly my favorite short film from the festival. <laughs> Not for any apparent reason. Because oh I God. can guarantee every short film out there was probably better. Yeah. After seeing the movie, Jesse and I got to talk with the cast for a little bit. They were all fucking hilarious. I would have loved to have met the Oh, cast yeah, I'm oh, pretty envious. They were so funny. So, so funny. The movie comes out of Finland. <laughs> it is called Fucking Bunnies. The weirdest movie. <laughs> I know. I remember when it ended and I was just sitting there like... That was different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's all uh, the the three of us had talked about it uh on Sunday last week we we were just like that and that's how that was our basic response it was that was a uh, that was definitely weird. Uh, yeah. The cast was by far the the most friendly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh but Sundance but yeah, it was uh interesting to say the least. Yeah. I will say it's bold to end on a cum joke. Yeah. <laughs> Even for a short film. Yeah. Yeah, and and at first I was just like, "What? What the fuck was it?" it was like the more I thought yeah. about it and then like meeting the cast I was like it's so tongue in cheek like the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like the more I thought about it, the more I listened to them talk about it, I was like, "This actually is a pretty good film." Yeah. When and for no reason. Like mm-hmm. Bill Allred and I like the very first thing is we were getting uh, set up for for the Friday shows, Bill just straight up says, "Have you watched fucking Bunnies yet?" And I was like, "No, like I'm I'm gonna get to it." I and he's like, "That's that movie, something else." <laughs> That's <laughs> he's like, the it's, first funny. One. he's like, "It's funny." It's like, "It's funny," mm-hmm. but it's it's something else. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't turn it off. I think in any anyone else probably would have been like, "Well, this is stupid," and turned it off. But I was like, "What the hell is going on in this movie?" Seeing as it's the one movie that all four of us actually watched. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had a lot to watch, but it's the one. It's the only one that all four of us mm-hmm. got to, and that says something because when there's that many to watch and you're kind of picking and choosing and going through which ones you can squeeze in, mm-hmm. like. It's hilarious that that's the one that all of us got to because it's by far the weirdest, strangest, and yeah, it ends on a cum joke. Yeah, I that I decided to watch that first because I'm like, okay, shorts. Let's get the shorts out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the whole time I'm just like, this has got a weird like, like I told you, American Dad. But yet now that I think yeah. of it, it's yeah. got like a I love you, man, like kind of <laughs> yeah. feel to it, like weird like bromance kind of thing going on, but with Satanists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that opening sequence, just the like heavy metal, like Brah. Yeah, that 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 at first kind of threw yeah. me. Yeah, where yeah. I was just like, oh, there's like random death metal between the cuts. Yeah. yeah but then like, yeah. The more I thought back on it, I was like, how else would you have done that to give it that's the true that it had? <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's the only way. And Austin had asked me, he was like, hey, send me some of the shorts that you get. Just so that he could kind of get an idea of some of the stuff that we have in the works. And I told him, I was like, I only have one. And nothing we're going to make is going to go down that path. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it too, did you ever see that Workaholics episode where they go to the Juggalo yes. concert? And then he's just a normal guy. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I just sell stuff. And kind of like felt like that too. Yeah, the, the best the best way to really describe fucking bunnies, it's the, the just regular guy living with his living with his wife. Fancies himself to be very progressive mm-hmm. and doesn't want to ever be judgmental or anything like that. But then he has Satanists that move in next door that are basically part of a sex cult. Yeah. <laughs> but he wants to be accepting of them, but he just can't get past it. But then he's also looking for a squash partner for each day for him to play squash with. 
and the only person that wants to be a squash partner is one of the Satanists. Yeah. <laughs> who needs to be able to find makeup that won't smear that, with oh, yeah. that won't run sweat proof paint. Yeah. <laughs> Like every every bit of it, like the more I thought back on it, just listening to them actually talk about it, I was like, yeah, this movie was one of my favorites. Yeah. Like it's just so fucking weird. Yeah, which wouldn't work as a full length feature. I think as a short, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect as a short. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I think that was probably the one part I did kind of chuckle at was when yeah. the makeup was smearing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was like, <laughs> like he goes it. over there to kind of like reconcile because his wife is getting pissed at him for like mm-hmm. oh you're progressive then why don't you go over there and he goes and the guy invites him in to have a talk you got one guy naked upside down on a cross <laughs> yeah and then he's like trying to give the he's hey sit down let's talk and then there's just two people fucking right yeah. there yeah. we're trying to give him some friendly you know advice <laughs> it, it does a really good job of making you feel uncomfortable without actually oh being yeah in the room it's like you oh, feel like yeah. you're there yeah Ugh, and, which and, you don't necessarily and want. i'll just put it this way you will never be able to drink any type of like v8 carrot type drink again oh yeah mm-hmm. no yeah. i don't know I had some v8 yesterday i mean I, <laughs> my question well, it, it takes a week jesse it takes a week <laughs> I'll at least like not accept anybody from anybody in face paint. I'll, I'll stay away from that. <laughs> I'm paint I, think you, I think you missed the point of the movie yeah. here, Christopher. I mean, yeah, maybe. I was trying to bridge that gap. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to bridge the gap. Okay, like, well, they're okay people. <laughs> they seem very they're okay. They're just like everyone else. He's just trying to provide for his family. That's true. Yeah. The little kid too. He had a little. Yeah. Like, the little kid so, with his like six, six, six man. <laughs> yeah. No, I I really liked it. I went back and watched it again like the other day, and I'm like, you know what? I, I'm really settled on this. I really like it. It's really weird. It's fucked up. It's unique. But at the same time, it's like it's got that nice, like, good message to it too. Yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover, even though it's, you know, painted and worships Satan and <laughs> fucks people on crosses. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it is. It was such a fun movie. It'll be one that you're probably only going to be able to find online. Yeah. But or it, watch it once. Will, it's what? Or watch once. I, mean, I probably I, watch I would it watch it, I would watch it once and then honestly watch it again because once you get past the initial what the fuck was that yeah. Yeah. and you go back yep. through and you kind of think about it and you see it again it becomes that much funnier where you catch yeah where you catch so much of just the tongue in cheek moments or it's just like oh, that's what they were doing there gotcha <laughs> I'll tell you though <laughs> second viewing I feel it was like more satirical like more like satire was in it yeah. I noticed yeah. a lot more things and laughed a lot harder than I did yeah. Yeah, it, it's very it, there. There's a lot of satire to that film, mm-hmm. but I, I think that was the perfect way to wrap it up. I'm glad you guys all kind of got to see a lot more films this year and be able to experience those. Um, you know, with the with the handful that I talked about at the beginning, I'm excited for you guys to be able to see those when they yeah when they come out and when they hit theaters, uh, especially the big sick. The big the big sick was my absolute favorite of the entire festival. There may be some bias there, but <laughs> <laughs> but but it uh. Yeah, it, it was definitely my favorite, my favorite of the festival. So, out of all of them that you guys saw, um, who were your favorites? I I'm gonna say like, cause I'm a really huge fan of documentaries. That uh, what lies upstream one, like really like, the whole time I watched it was just hyper focused on it the whole time. Killing Ground, don't get me wrong, had some great moments, but that one was just, just like sucked me in like really well. Nice, Quincy. Hmm. <laughs> I think I'll have to go with Killing Ground. Yeah, that was just that was the one that I was sucked into the most. I never like took my eyes off the screen. I was never bored during it. I was just 
on pins and needles the entire way through it. Nice. Yeah. Jesse. Killing ground for me, for sure. I still need to watch the uh, the documentary one while I'm upstream, but yep. overall, great acting. Mm-hmm. I loved how the execution. Great structure to it. Definitely. Uh, very well done. Excellent. Well, I hope you guys had a good Sundance of the experiences you were able to have, and now, 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 on to the Oscar, Oscar stuff. We get Woo! to, we get to go through all of that fun. Even though I've already watched all of those, now I get to go back through mm-hmm. and do it all again and prep for that, prep for our, our our Oscar show, and get ready to go down and cover all of that. And fingers crossed on possibly another show that we may be covering while we're down there. Oh, nice. So we we shall see. But yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be a good time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. A lot of great films to share at the Oscars. So a lot of really good ones. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that'll, that'll be in the, in the coming weeks here, but thank you guys for, for taking the time to, to do this with the busy sun, Sundance schedule and braving the fucking 20 <laughs> degrees temperature outside right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> of course. Awesome. Well, thank you guys.